Yes, sir. It's the further adventures of Jerry. <laughs> this is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. And this is Jerry. Of <laughs> Unsane Radio. All right. We've got a good one tonight. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, I think it is. I think this is an interesting show. What is it? Herschel Gordon Lewis. Lewis. He's our director spotlight. And that's going to bring us to our uh, movie spotlight, which is... Uh, the Uh-Oh Show. Uh-Oh. Uh-Oh. By Herschel Gordon. All right, so we're going to start with Director Spotlight. Herschel Gordon Lewis. The godfather of gore. And he was. <laughs> he directed uh, 38 films. Acted in 24, mostly voiceover stuff. He had 23 writing credits. And a composer, eight credits. And a cinematographer, 21, 21 credits. 21. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he came from the advertising industry, and I think uh, he decided him and his uh, partner at the time, Friedman, were, um, I think they decided to get into the uh, sexploitation film industry. Um, and remember, Herschel Gordon Lewis is from Miami, Florida. And uh, they, so they started making sexploitation films. The fir- his first directing job was uh, Living Venus in 1961, which was uh, pure nudie. Yeah, nudie cutie or whatever they called them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. The second was The Adventures of Lucky Pierre. Lucky Pierre. Also in 1961. I love that. Was billed as being shot in cutie color and skinemascope. <laughs> scope. I'm sorry. Skinemascope. I like skin of my soap myself. (laughs) Are those blemishes? No, the lens is dirty. (laughs) Uh, uh, Following a trend, he made three more sexploitation films in 62 and 63, which then brought us into 1963 and his first gore film. Ah, Blood Feast. Ah. (laughs) Released in 1963. This is the first splatter film to hit the market and changed the landscape of horror terror movies forever. Oh, what, wasn't this kind of in the time when there was like kind of no rating system, really? The, I mean, no, no, not not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, it was bro- it was breaking the rating systems. In, yeah, in a lot it, of ways. it was like yes, it was. So this probably traumatized a bunch of little kids. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah, made in Miami, Florida, in nine days with a budget of twenty five thousand dollars but did a box office gross of $4 million. I call that a winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's about an Egyptian caterer, Fuad <laughs> Ramses, who, who was uh, starring Mel, Mal Arnold. I'm sorry, uh, Mal Arnold. You must try our camel toe. <laughs> who kills several <laughs> women to use their body parts to bring back the light to life, dormant Egyptian goddess Ishtar, while a bumbling police detective <laughs> tries to track him down. Yeah, it's as bad as it sounds. Oh. Well, Herschel, who also co-wrote the story, co-produced the movie, and even wrote the score, doesn't waste any time. The gore starts around <laughs> the two-minute mark as Ramses mutilates and dismembers a naked girl who's taking a bubble bath. Oh, yeah, he's pulling out the, the leg. That's the famous 
still picture you see in the, the eye. Yeah. The oh, eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this low budget groundbreaking movie has it all. Lots of blood, gore, nudity, bad acting, bad writing, cheap sets. They pretty much set the bar up there. <laughs> set the bar. <laughs> Uh, but when it was released, it seemed to hit a chord with movie go- with moviegoers. Um, a very goreers dis- is right. <laughs> <laughs> a very discordant chord, um, but it seemed to satisfy and t- to a certain clientele. Scary clientele, but all as <laughs> evidenced by that four million buck uh, gross intake. Oh, and man. gross was right. Oh, what else did he do? Uh, 2000 Maniacs is probably his other favorite 19, one. Yes, came out in 1964. Yeah, it was a very, very famous one. Guy was on a roll. <laughs> he did Color Me Red in 65. and No, I actually saw that one. That was, oh, yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. boring, though. I've it's, seen them all. Oh, uh, really? Monster Agogo. He was uncredited, but he did a lot of the Oh, that's a, that's that. a hoot, too. Uh, MST yeah. does a version of that one, too. Then he did a few other non-splatter movies until he released A Taste of Blood and The Gruesome Twosome in 1967. <laughs> I, I think that's our alternate title. <laughs> Taste of Blood was actually a horror movie. It was about vampires, about the guy drinking this stuff that had vampire blood and it turned him into a turned him into a vampire. <laughs> but um, and the gruesome twosome. I have a I have a story about the gruesome twosome. We went to the drive-in one time. This would be about 1972, I think. Um, yeah, it was 72. And a bunch of us got together, and we imbibed in various substances, then went to the drive-in <laughs> and saw um, The Gruesome Twosome and 2000 Maniacs and another movie. I don't even remember what the third movie is, but we, we went and watched those movies. The Gruesome Twosome is supposed to be kind of a comedy. <laughs> oh, aren't they all, though? Mm, well, <laughs> aren't they all? Exactly. I mean, no, seriously, aren't they all? I mean, didn't he always keep, like... <laughs> No. Tongue in cheek? <laughs> no, no, he really didn't. Well, I thought he did, like, what was it, the uh, Gorgor Girls that he did? The well, that's later on, yeah. Well, yeah, the, but, but, but then it's when he, he had started, an element of that's unreal. That's when he was starting to think, that's when he was starting to think that it's not, you know, he's trying kind of, to, yeah. you know, it's, there again, what, he, you know, it's not art. He wasn't in the business of making art. He was in the business of, of making of making money. But by making then, profit, I think yeah. he was thinking about the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, you know? pushing the with pushing the Gorgor the, uh, Gore Girls. They came out. That came out in 1972. Yeah, that's one of his last last yes, ones. Yes, and the Wizard of Gore, which is one of his most famous ones. Yeah, you know, it came out in 72, I think. Yeah, there was something, heard, yeah. No, 1970, I think it came out in 1970. And that, I, I know I tried to watch that one. It was just I can't do it. Sorry. Sorry, Hershey. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're all, I think, <laughs> ultimately um, watchable one time. <laughs> I, I go, Maybe scene, two, I go I, scene by okay. scene. You know, I've gone, I've like, gone oh. two, two times. I've seen them all at least twice. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. And then coming up in 2002, um, they released um, Blood Feast 2, All You Can Eat, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just a, a, a remake of Blood Feast, um, which was his original movie, his original gore movie. And then his last full-length feature um, was the Uh-Oh Show made in <laughs> 2009, which we're going to talk about later. And that's the only one that I've seen. Good for you. <laughs> that feels pretty good. <laughs> well, the last film that uh, he was involved in was Herschel Gordon Lewis' Blood Mania. It's a four-story anthology, two of which were directed by Lewis. And it was released um, in 2017 after his death. Uh, he died in 2016. 
You know, he wasn't just a filmmaker, though, you know. He was um, very prominent in the advertising industry. He taught English literature on a college level. He that's produ- a, yeah, yeah. I, that's interesting to me. He I produced just- radio shows. He produced TV shows. He did voiceover for radio and television and even wrote books on marketing, 32 books in all, including the classic on the art of writing copy. <laughs> he lectured extensively. He took it, you know. I, how fun is that? I mean, I mean just uh, his whole life was. Well, think fun. about it, too. From 1972 until 2002, that's a 30 year s- stretch where he didn't do any movies. All he did was his other other jobs. And maybe. You know, and, and he lectured. Shows. He lectured a lot. Well, later on, then he started doing the, the con circuit, you know, the, the film fest. And After as people a, rediscovered his. As a matter of fact, he would go there and uh, people would have him sing. Well, I don't know, some, some ghosts. People would have him sing the theme to uh, 2000 Maniacs. <laughs> 2000 Maniacs. We actually saw him. Do you remember that, Gadfly? I do not. Oh, yeah. You may not have gone to that show. Um, he was with... Uh, Ted V. Mickles. Yeah. But anyway, they did a they did a question and answer, and then he sang the theme. He sang. We, we talked to him br- briefly afterwards. Uh, mostly Ted V. Mickles. We didn't get a chance to really talk to Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, stand around with beers. Everyone had beers. But it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. But, yeah, there you go. Herschel Gordon Lewis. I mean, say what you will. I mean, he actually opened a door to splatter movies. Well, which yeah. It was, you know, it's been taken to the, you know, as far as you can almost possibly take it, you know, and what, for the splatter and gore market. And what year was... Uh, um, Night of the Living Dead was that, that was sixty eight nineteen sixty eight yeah so this was that was after Lewis's uh, Blood Feast yes and oh yes yes Blood Feast and and the, the, his early movies he started in sixty three and did a couple you know so yeah right but I I guess what I'm thinking you know everybody talks of uh, Night of the Living Dead opening up the doors for gore but it was actually more Lewis I think. You know, and had well, that, the prop, and he had well, that. But but here's here's the difference between the two. Um, Herschel Gordon Lewis's movies were on the grind circuit. Yes, they were not mainstream. And well, and um, Night of the Living Dead became was a mainstream. It when it first came out, that was it was being a, shown as a mainstream movie, not as a grind house. Well, movie. but it was. <laughs> I guess I kind of look at it, it became more of a cult movie because by word of mouth it became I because mean, it was initially dissed by all the critics and stuff, but by word of mouth and people seeing how well made this movie was and it struck a chord. Well, and there's yeah. the key right there. The uh, Night of the Living Dead was very well made and very well done. Yes. Whereas every Herschel Gordon Lewis movie <laughs> is not very well made and not very well done because he did not look at it as any form of art. He looked at it as a form of business. He was he was the of the probably of the Ed Wood. School, you know, uh, cut, print, perfect. Let's move on. And I would think more of the P.T. Barnum mentality: a sucker's born every minute. <laughs> and he just appealed to a special audience. It does, and, and then and that audience grew and grew. The splatter gore market is big today. It's yeah, it's it's way bigger than you know the horror market or anything else. To be honest, yeah, they kind of overlap there, but yeah, there is an overlap. You're right. But anyway, there you go. Herschel Gordon List. You can find his movies just about anywhere. Um, check them out. It, from a historical point in the in the whole annals of filmmaking, I think he deserves a spot and deserves yes. to be talked about. 
And in later years, like we are going to talk about um, the OO show, he's <laughs> he kind of decided, you know, to poke fun at himself and at what he's been doing. So yeah, and it shows in his later films. Yeah, before he uh, right, yeah, took his hiatus. And, and so there you have it. Did you guys mention that he did a full-on pornographic film in 1972? What was that? Uh, it was called Black Love. No, <laughs> no, I did not know that. Yeah, he no, was, that's uh, that's news to me too. It was uh, R- <laughs> he was R. L. Smith. Oh, okay, that was yeah. how he was credited. But uh, I wonder if there's any kind of correlation be- for him, like stopping uh, the making of movies, <laughs> like if somebody found out that he made a full-on porno movie. But he, I don't know. No, I don't think he'd care. I really don't think he'd care. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, he started in sex exploitation. Why would that suddenly? Well, and that's that was he probably he made it in what year? 1972 is the same year that he did. Uh, 72. Yeah, and wasn't his cohort Friedman? You may be Friedman's right. No, Friedman was. They weren't together by then. No, no, but I'm just saying early on, but that was Friedman. Yeah, they They separated, but I I guess his associate, what I'm saying is association, being associated with it doesn't bother him, you know. But uh, yeah, now that's news to me. And he he probably, like, probably nobody knew anyhow. You know what I mean? That's probably something that came out. I mean, how do you get a job at a university if you're a porn director? (laughs) Very liberal university, maybe. Yeah, but I think he was at the university way before that. Oh, I thought you said that's what he was doing afterwards. Well, no. I think he, well, I, I'm not real <laughs> sure about the university part. I know he was doing it before. But he was, that's why I said, he was big into that whole advertising. And uh, I think that's where his major thrust was for those 30 years. <laughs> Is that a pun, major thrust? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that's it called? New- Black Love. Now, that's one I, I did not know about. There you go, folks. I mean, I gave, I just scooped us. I wikied. Where was Willie Slick when you need him? <laughs> well, there you go. Curse of Gordon Lewis. Check him out. So, next, we're going to talk about the Oh Sir, the original Beast. Raised hell with 2,000 maniacs. Rode wild with she-devils on wheels. And got down with the Gorgor girls. Now, after 40 years, the Wizard of Gore himself, director Herschel Gordon Lewis, returns to tell you a grisly, gory, grim fairy tale about a reality TV show that finally gives viewers what they really want. Win and get rich, lose and it's off with your arms, legs, or on the bloodiest show to ever hit your screen. Herschel Gordon Lewis's The Uh-Oh Show. The all-new splatter classic from the legendary Herschel Gordon Lewis, the godfather of gore. The show will start as soon as your pants are dry. See it before you eat. Uh-oh. It's no different than being on a ride that goes upside down and makes you sick. Director John Waters. The Uh-Oh Show delivers the gore and laughs in equal measures. Michael Belinsky, Philadelphia Examiner. 
The Godfather of Gore is back and bloodier than ever. Tim Anderson, Bloody Disgusting. Mr. Lewis creates his own masterpiece time and time again. Aaron Tellick, Milwaukee Horror Movies Examiner. H.G. Lewis's The Uh-Oh Show literally coats the screen with the red stuff from start to finish. What a bloody ride. Heather Henshaw, Cinema Head Cheese. Herschel's last movie, and um, he directed, and um, he also, <laughs> he does do a great bit where he uh, kind of frames the movie with his, uh, what what was that character that he did? Uncle like, Herschel. Uncle Herschel, and he has this swami type wardrobe on. He's a horror host. Uh, yeah. And he uh, is. Well, no, yeah, he is. It, he, just, plays, he plays a character, a horror host character called Uncle Herschel. Well, it was, it was such a good movie that we tried to do a commentary, and we couldn't. We just had to sit here and watch it. In awe. In awe. <laughs> so good. It's like, awe, oh, isn't this over with? <laughs> it was a bit long. But it was funny though. It was it, it probably his best movie, I think. I, as far it, as I'm concerned, it is because it's the only one I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. I mean, all the uh, all the actors were pretty cool. The guy that was the host of the game show, what was his name? He was Pete Barbuti. Pete Barbuti. <laughs> Rod <Yeah>. Biggs. <laughs> was it? Yes, it was Rod Biggs. Rod Biggs. Yes. <laughs> Well, he was pretty good. Yeah, damn right. (laughs) So what's the premise of the movie? Well, it's a game show, and uh, apparently you bet, what, your limbs? Is that what it is? Limbs are uh, how much gore can be taken from you with the promise that's going to be put back later, (laughs) which which is kind of funny, I think. No, that was one of the more more funnier parts of of the whole (laughs) Um, move or I guess movie. It's kind of hard to call this a movie, but it really is a movie. It's like a TV show within the you know within the framework of a movie, which really isn't a movie because it's kind of metafictional because it's Uncle Herschel presenting this. I'm telling you, kids, this this is a full blown horror host movie. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Herschel himself plays like a what a swami or something like that. It, in the, in the beginning, but it's the he's Uncle Herschel. He's Uncle, Uncle Herschel. What what's the du- one dude's name is Fred Finagler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rod Biggs, Fred Finagler, same thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a what is it? Uh, Kenny Rogers was in it. Kenny Rogers. Yeah, the guy who owned the chicken place. <laughs> I don't, think it, I don't think it was that Kenny Rogers, though. Maybe it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he really sunk low. <laughs> well, and, you know, we're watching the movie, and I said, there's one thing this movie needs, and that's Lloyd Kaufman. And, and then he shows up. Lo and behold. <laughs> he, does a, he does a Kaufman cameo. Yeah, the movie is pretty bizarre. Um, like I said, it's framed around this Uncle Herschel character, who kind of introduces things and moves things along, as any good horror host does. And uh, the story then is kind of broken up. Um, I, it, it's, it's this game show, and it's very hokey. You know, Herschel has not gotten beyond being uh, low budget. Um, it's very low budget. 
the acting is like, you know, a mm. little better than his normal actors. I style. think all the money went towards that set. And the set was great. <laughs> it's got a really good set. And they got a lot of mileage out of it. Yes. But, yeah, all the characters are quirky. Um, and it's, it's strictly poking fun at the whole gore industry, uh, movie industry. Oh, who was the studio exec, that the, bad, the actual bad guy in the movie? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, he was kind of funny, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he was good. But it's it's just this very bizarre movie. And when the contestant, they go to a certain degree, and if they uh, don't answer the question, and the questions are pretty far out there, um, answer the question, then they get, I think the first guy, was a, was it his leg? Oh, the got, woman, yeah. Or the, the woman, they, the woman. They s- arm. They spin yes. the wheel. They spin the wheel. And, it, and then the wheel has what, what limb they, yeah. they lose. Yeah. <laughs> But they had it reattached later, and it's all black, and it's backwards. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're always complaining because it just doesn't work right. And when you see it, you're going, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, the main plot is about the reporter that is trying to uncover what's going on with this game show, you know, and how gruesome it is. Um, and then, uh, what's his face? Joel Wincoop. <laughs> That's the guy who plays Fred Finagler. Um <laughs> has, a, has a great wig. We have to always mention when there's a great wig in a movie. Yes, wigs. It's, it's a wonderful wig. <laughs> Wignado. Wignado. The um but then he he starts to have second thoughts too, right? And it is the it is the main guy that's the villain. <laughs> that well, it's too to late in this movie to have second thoughts. And yeah. yeah, and it just keeps going on from there. People get different um Limbs taken out. Didn't didn't somebody get eviscerated? I think at one. Oh point yeah, with yeah. a smile on his face. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's typical Hersha Gordon Lewis gore. Um, Cheap, but yeah. it's so funny because it, this was made in two thousand and nine, and the level of gorosity by two thousand and nine has it was multiplied. No- so this was looked like old school Hersha Gordon Lewis. Yes. It looked like blood feast. Playing homage to himself, only making fun of himself. Yes, I I. Metafiction is just so cool. <laughs> and he's a horror host. I'm sorry, kids. He's a horror host. What was he? I love that. And what Lloyd, was he? Lloyd Kaufman was a pimp. A p- <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> and Lloyd had a great part. Had a great part in it. What, what was his hooker's name? Oh, what was it, remember? Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so what was his line, though? Going to pop her cork? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. No, that's not above these guys. I'm not <laughs> saying. <laughs> Do I need to raise my pimp hand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an actually an entertaining movie, and I was stunned because it's, uh, you know, the the production quality is w- way higher than the old Herschel Gordon Lewis stuff. So, um, you know, he's he's come forward a little bit in that, and unfortunately came forward, and then, you know. Didn't make any more movies after that. Um, I mean, he directed those couple in that that last um, that last anthology. Yeah, which I've I've not like seen. Like two of the I, episodes, yeah, right? Two of the episodes. I've not seen it, so I I don't know too much about it. I have to I have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> and then he died in 2016. 2016. Yeah, yeah it was like just a year afterwards, wasn't it? Or two years afterwards? Yeah, a couple years after they did that. Okay, Feather, give us some quotes. What was... <laughs> Lewis quotes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite. 
I've often compared Blood Feast, made in 1963, to a Walt Whitman poem. It's no good, but it was the first of its kind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, as a literature major, I love that because I I hate Walt Whitman. Apparently... Well, that so has a double meaning because he would, he taught English literature. Oh, right, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I'm sure he was Gadfly very very well informed on. And he uh, probably Walt really Whitman. did like Walt Whitman because most people do. Yeah. But there you go. We just got uh, all the way from um, Hersa Gordon Lewis, his career through the Uh Oh Show, which is the last full-length movie he made. You ought to check it out. If you don't see anything else, check it out. <laughs> I, I would suggest watching one oh, of no, his yes. earlier gore movies. If you're a gore fan, you probably already know him. So if you're not and if you're interested, watch one of his earlier movies, and then you can decide how much more you want to watch. But do watch the Uh-Oh show because that has a, a that, that just works on so many different levels. Yeah, and I would I definitely, because I don't really get into those kinds of films at all, you know, and it's the gore stuff doesn't, in, like, none of the other ones interest me. I have no desire to go back and watch any of those movies. But the Uh-Oh show is really good, and I would suggest watching it with two or three people that are into those kinds of oh, yeah. crazy movies. Cause, it know, does help, yeah. We, <laughs> the three of us watched it. Um, all, um, I don't think I could have sat there by myself. Like a week it. ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I said we. Tried. I could have. I'm sorry. I could have because we, I found yeah. it totally unique. I found it. Yep. I think it's a. I think it's. I I really liked it for what it is. Good. Um, for the different forms that it's is taken, and you know we're tar and feather. We're horror hosts, and here's Uncle Herschel, you know, and doing a horror host bit that's really good. This whole thing after, actually could have been made into one like. season. This could have been made into one season of a horror host, horror hosted show, you know. Yeah, like yeah. The uncle, the uncle Herschel show. They could have spread this whole thing out over, over you know, ten episodes or so. Anyway, that's my final word on it. <laughs> oh, jot that down. That could be uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> Aunt Martha, how did you get in here? Through the door, of course. <laughs> Sorry, I love that one. <laughs> Into right, the outdoor. So now it is time for me to find the music. Fuck. <laughs> is it, does that mean it's time for the briefcase? The br- <laughs> Whose drawers are these? The briefcase. Gotcha. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) That latrine is very loud. Wait until the flush. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It's just a big pit. All right. It's a chemical toilet. Ew. Kerplop. That's my new rapper name. The briefcase. Unknown world. Oh, yeah. Or we like to call the bummer down under. (laughs) <laughs> 1951 in glorious black and white, and it stars a host of a people totally we don't know. Unknown people. <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Yes. And this movie is about uh, uh, what, a group of survivalist scientists, I guess. And, they, and a playboy millionaire's son. Yes. And apparently they want to find a, uh, a, uh, safe haven for human civilization to continue after an A-bomb attack. And so 
decided to burrow into the earth to find these massive caverns to live. And it does have a blonde wearing a beret, and she's got a bunch of bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. And apparently there's no uh, privacy on the cyclotram either. So, <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes, the cyclotram. They decided to burrow into the earth. And it they looks like a, a bullet. With, a, with a Buick with, behind. With a Buick behind, yeah. <laughs> and a, and a, <laughs> a, a propeller on the front that digs into the earth. A drill. And that's a propeller, too. But, well, it had a it little had grinder prope- thing. But it has that propeller. <laughs> <laughs> I know it had tank treads, too. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they burrow in because they think that they can find a place where humanity can go to survive a nuclear holocaust. Oh, the humanity. And uh, it's just full of drama. And they get all bummed out when they get down there. Oh, this is so bleak. Because it's a fucking cave. Well, yeah. <laughs> and no one brought a light, <laughs> apparently. I can't like, wait for Sam Kinison to top up. It's just a fucking cave! <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, they decide they can't live there. And they and they get bumped off one by one, too. Actually, yeah. I like that part. And, and there's no monsters. Though. And there are no monsters in the movie, kids. So, you know. Don't watch it. <laughs> yes, it was. It was like, wow, this scene could actually use a monster, but yeah. no. <laughs> how, did, how did they get bumped off then? Oh, what was it? One of them, they hit a steam vein. Yeah, and he gets burnt. He gets burnt. An avalanche gets a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, the other guy just after that, I tuned out. I don't know. Yeah, I know. The other <laughs> guy just got all bummed out, and he let himself die in a flood. Or oh, that's whatever right. It was. That's right. That was one of the better scenes in the movie. This this guy's just like he's. You can tell he's so despondent. He's just like walking with his shoulders slumped, and he's in this weird suit. You know? And his face just looks that way. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he, oh. just, he just, you know, is offed himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie, kids. I'm not kidding, man. This is one of my all-time favorite movies to hate. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty boring. Get it boring? They bored in the earth. Uh, bam! <laughs> It was also known as Night Without Stars. Yes, yes. Which, you know, that's even a better title, actually. Yeah, the Cyclotram. That was a beautiful machine. You sh- Going through the, when they were showing the modeling, I mean, it was. It looked. It, I thought it was Herschel Gordon Lewis. It looked like it was from any. <laughs> it was so bad. Ultraman movie. <laughs> yes, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, but anyway, and we watched that. We watched that together as a therapy session the other day. Um, just the two of us. We ha- we have those every now and then. Oh, and it wasn't a very good therapy session. Therapist's therapy. <laughs> no, it, it was traumatic. We had to go back. We're going to have to go back and watch another Traumatic. It was traumatic. <laughs> I just call it a nap. <laughs> oh, no. We, we stayed awake. There you go. That was our briefcase pick for this week. So true. All right. You guys ready to get out of here? Hmm, Sure. You guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! You've been listening to the further adventures of Jerry. There's buttons. Too many buttons. Too many buttons. This is Dr. Tar. This is Ralph.
Feather. Jerry! <laughs> of Unsane Radio. Radio. Oh, Jerry. Have any questions? Jerry. Comments? Suggestions? Lewd Jerry. or otherwise? <laughs> we don't care. Send them our way. Send them to uh, Unsane Radio at gmail.com. What was that? Unsane Radio at gmail.com. You want to check out the podcast? Uh, we're all over the place. We're on iTunes now. We're on uh, Google, Google Play. Play. Blueberry. Blueberry. We're on uh, Podfucks of the East. Uh-huh. That's a really good feed. So check us out. We also have a website, unsaneradio.com. Go there just to check out the album art. The album episode. art looks really good there. That's true. That's, That's true. You see the product of, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Tar's therapy sessions. Yeah. What you making, Tar? Nothing. 